and welcome to the Supersize Phys Ed Podcast. I'm Dave, and you know where I'm from by now. You know what I teach by now. It's all good. So today, I want to talk about teaching outside. In this crazy COVID world, lots of teachers that normally teach inside are going to the outside. And if you're a new teacher and you've never taught outside, hopefully this episode will give you some value. But first... I want to thank our sponsor today. It is Connected PE. Yes, Jared Robinson, the PE geek. His app, Connected PE, and website has always brought me value. I'm actually on there a few times. I've uh, listened to webinars on there, learned some new games, tricks, tips, all sorts of stuff. Go to ConnectedPE.com for more information or download the app. Go to the App Store. Download ConnectedPE.com. You won't regret it, and it'll supercharge your PE class. So back to outside teaching. So there's lots of different tricks and tips for outside teaching, and some of them are pretty obvious, and some of them are not so obvious. And in the show notes, I have a PDF for you to download. It is a freebie, a free checklist for teaching outside. All you have to do is sign up for the newsletter, which I put out once in a while. I need to put out more, but I put out once in a while. So... The, on the checklist, I'm going to go through step-by-step step on the outside teaching checklist, what you need to teach outside. So here we go. All right, let's start with you. What do you need to teach outside? Now, everything depends on your location. It depends on your region. Obviously, I'm in Florida, so it's hot and it's rainy and there's lightning. There's lightning like nothing I've seen before in Florida. Now, Florida actually is, I believe it's around Tampa, is the lightning capital of the United States. Now, I grew up near Buffalo, New York, go Bills. And the lightning up there, um, I'm not saying I didn't you know, take lightning seriously, but I, I didn't take lightning seriously until I moved down here. And... It's it, it's pretty bad <laughs> sometimes. The lightning gets pretty bad. And so um, what you need, and I'm not, I guess I'm not going exactly down the list uh, point by point, but you need an app if you live in a lightning or rainy type area. Um, I choose Weatherbug, and I also have a local um, like NBC2 News weather app um, just to have to make sure we are safe. And if we, we are 10 miles um, away from lightning or closer, we have to go immediately immediately inside for rainy days. And I'll talk about rainy days in a, in a little bit as well. So along with the, uh, the weather being bad, the weather being hot is another story. Now, obviously, sunscreen, if you live, I, I'd say sunscreen, just let's go with that. Because if, especially if you're a younger teacher and you're teaching outside, and you're like, oh, I'm fine. I, and I have had some paras like that, too. They don't wear sunscreen, and they're like, oh, I'm fine. Well, when you get to be in your late 40s, actually, this started in my mid-40s, when you get to be in your 40s, and you have to go to the dermatologist once a year to remove sunspots, it really stinks. So wear sunscreen, please, 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 and a hat, and sunglasses, and just make sure you're safe from the elements. That's, that's bottom line. Wear some good shoes. I usually wear Brooks. Now, I did... Also, recently, start wearing what's called uh, G Defy, which is I guess stands for Gravity Defy. I got those online, which um, my mom actually got me those for my birthday. Thank you, mom. And uh, they're supposed to help with um, obviously. I get I have plantar fasciitis, 
and, and things like that, just high arches and just whatever. If you have any kind of foot condition, just, um, you know, make sure you are basically being safe in the sun and also on your feet. Okay, next. Um, a phone. Now, you have to be careful because I don't want you to get in trouble being on your phone. I'm not saying play, you know, a game while you're <laughs> supposed to be teaching. But you need your a phone for or watch for time, a timer, obviously checking the weather like we talked about, even music if you ha- if it can control your music. So I can I do control my music from my either my watch or my phone uh, using Bluetooth, and uh, we'll get to that in a moment. That is all personal supplies though. So far, those are things you have to have. I'd say also pen and paper and a clipboard or something where obviously you can write, take notes. I'd say sticky notes if you have any things like notes to take either from assessment or um, maybe you have to call a parent or just something that happened, whatever, you know, to jot down um, some incident. Um, Always have something, pen, paper, clipboard, something to write with. All right, let's move on to the kind of the everyday supplies. Now, that was your personal supplies. This is everyday stuff. I would always have, I always do have Band-Aids in my pocket. Now, I I, I want to give my disclaimer here because I'm going to talk about ice in a minute as well. If you, you always want to err on the side of caution, um, I, I don't know. It depends on your school, uh, clinic passes in your pocket or somewhere along with the Band-Aids. If you are ever not sure, always err on the side of sending them, uh, the boy or girl, to the clinic. Because I will go back to my, it's probably my first year. This is my going to start my 10th year teaching PE I think this is my first year I had a girl fall uh, out on the field playing, I want to say it was Sharks and Minnows. I'm most positive it was Sharks and Minnows, some kind of variation of it. And she fell and she hurt her arm. And I did send her to the clinic and she got ice. And uh, But she didn't, you know, she didn't cry. She didn't, you know, not nothing real major. But come to find out she uh, had a small fracture in her, in her forearm, or in her, uh, I believe it was forearm. So you always want to err on the side of caution. And it's, I'm, I'm glad I sent her to the clinic and they checked her out and they didn't see anything either. So just, just be safe and be cautious. But if it's something tiny, you know, have, a, have some Band-Aids. I would also say now in the morning, one of my paras, um, it's funny because it's usually whoever's the newest para, they get this job to fill up our two ice buckets for uh, our big coolers. Um, I believe 40 gallon coolers in the morning, every morning with ice and water um, water to refill your, obviously the water, uh, boys and girls have or yours. Now be careful with COVID, um, ask, you know, procedurally permission to, to do that or, or whatever your procedures are for that, but also to have ice and uh, plastic bags for ice, um, in case a student gets hurt again, err on the side of caution. If it's bad, send them to the clinic. If it's like they fell down and you know, whatever, bumped their knee a little bit, ice is always a good thing. And it lessens the number of times I send kids to the clinic, which is always a good thing. So I have bags from like Target or Publix or wherever. Just I, I even last year put out a an email to the to the staff saying, "Hey, if you if you have any extra bags, please send them to me. I'll take them." And a lot of people <laughs> donated them because they were just going to recycle them anyway. So plastic bags for ice. Now, I would also say have poly spots either painted. It depends on your setup. Painted under your, your pavilion or, or wherever you need to paint them, I guess. I have them under my pavilion, and I just painted them today, actually, repainted them. Or have movable poly spots. This is for COVID distancing. This is for having the kids come in on a certain spot, certain dot, certain place, 
and they have their spot for the rest of the day if that's the case or they can move around depending on your procedures. So definitely poly spots are a great thing or any kind of dots. Um, I would say a music system and a microphone. Now, if you're in the field, that might not work. Um, I'm actually planning on bringing out my uh, block rocker or whatever those things are called um, to the to the field and or the basketball courts. I do have a regular sound system for the pavilion. And that has, I have a microphone there. So something to amplify or project your voice. I actually remember my first year or two using a, a megaphone in the field because I just didn't want to lose my voice. I slowly just stopped using that because I didn't feel right. I felt a little weird using it. But, you know, when you have a lot of kids, a lot of students um, moving around, it's, it's not, a, not, not a bad thing to save your voice. So, again, music system and microphone kind of round out the everyday supply thing or checklist. Okay, procedurally, this is a big one. Okay, think about, well, lots of things, but think about how do classes come in and how do they leave? That's a big one. They can't just run in and go crazy. Now, normally in a normal year, they come in, they sit on their dots for, I mean, a minute or two at the most. And then as soon as we get most of the classes there, because we have five to six classes at a time in a normal year, um, normally, you know, when uh, when the I start the music up right away and we do a quick a song with some, you know, dance and exercise in it. Um, probably not going to do that this year, but make sure you have an idea of how classes will come in and will leave. And also they are being safe as far as distancing and, and all sorts of great stuff. Okay. The second thing is fire and lockdown drill areas and, and whatever evacuation, tornadoes, depends on where you live, any kind of drills, where do they go? How do they get there? How are we being safe and distancing properly? The third thing is bathrooms and drinks procedures. Now, again, this might be this might be different with COVID. Um, our uh, water fountains are covered right now, so they can't use them. They they're supposed to bring out water bottles every day. Um, I don't know why my administration thinks they're going to because that's never been the case ever ever ever. But usually, it's a I could draw a like a line graph of kindergarten through fifth grade where kindergarten brings out the most water bottles. When you get to fifth grade, it's the least. And also, unfortunately, the older they get, the more they wear jackets in 95-degree weather. Don't know why. <laughs> I could draw some nice line graphs here with a lot of correlations. So next one is setup and cleanup policy and just in general, handling equipment in this, in this year, especially with COVID. So how will they get a piece of equipment? How will they clean it up? Do you have to disinfect it? Is there an area? In this case, there is for us. We're going to have an area where they're going to put the equipment when they're done with it. And twice a day, our custodial staff will come out and spray it. So, you know, having these procedures in place are vital. We have to get those in place or you're going to have a mess of a time day one. Signals are a big thing. So I use my whistle and I know a lot of people are like, oh, a whistle. But again, when you have 135 kids normally, a whistle is not a bad thing. Okay. It doesn't have to be a whistle like you are... Um, just a coach from the eighties and you're a uh, coach Woodcock. Is that what it is? Um, and you're just some tough guy or, or girl, but a whistle just, you know, one whistle can mean something Two, three whistles. I usually have three whistles mean it's time to clean up. Um, music can be a transition tr signal, uh, hand in the air, counting down, things like that. But you have to have something, some kind of signals to get the student's attention to know when it's time to, uh, start, stop, um, you know, time for questioning, time to clean up, all that stuff. So you have to have signals. Now, one of the things I do 
in the, especially on the grass, is have the kids take a knee. Now, I know that's old school. That's like, I, I never played organized football. I love football, but that I, I think that's kind of reminds me of like a football team. Like, come on and take a knee, guys. But that's what I do. And that gets the kids' attention. That makes sure they're not wandering and all over the place when I'm trying to ask them questions or trying to tell them how to play a game. So taking a knee is a big thing, and they, they learn that right away. they got to come out and take a knee, or if they want to sit, that's fine. But they need to um, to do that in a nice or orderly fashion. Again, it might look different this year, but you know that's a good uh, procedure to have. Another thing is, and I actually did this with, I was helping out a friend when my son played soccer for two seasons. He he's a great soccer player, the, the the coach, and he you know grew up playing soccer, college soccer, everything. But the teacher he didn't have the teacher in him like I did or like I do, and so you know I helped him right away on some procedural things like you know when he's trying to talk, the kids are like still dribbling the ball and still like you know bouncing the ball off their knee or still whatever. And and I set up a you know a system. I said no, they need to put their foot on the ball or hold the ball in their hands so they cannot just do whatever they want to do and their their attention is on you, eyes on you, foot on the ball. So things like that go a long way. Um, I would say also like when I do uh, cup stacking, when I blow the whistle, they have to put their hands on their head. Now, this is not an outside thing. This is just a, just a procedural thing. But when we do cup stacking, blow the whistle, hands on your head. Because if their hands are on their head, they can't be making noises with the cups. So having those in place are so important, especially for a younger teacher or a teacher that's just learned how or just been you know, put outside that's been inside for a long time. Okay, finally, um, a little of assessment stuff here. One of my favorite things to do is the, I call it the gladiator, <laughs> the uh, Joaquin Phoenix, um, thumb up, thumb down, thumb in the middle, um, just voting on things. Um, they can, you can peer assess, which having students, um, it again, depends on how close they can get all this stuff, but they can kind of assess and help out. Um, in Kagan, it's called rally coach. So um, those kind of things are great. You can do group challenges where the group has to make it to a certain level. There's different levels. Like if they make it to level two, that means uh, they, they pass the challenge or whatever, or level three. So group things, peer things, individual things. And as along with individual things or individual assessment, you can use plickers or plagnets or even just um, at one point before plagnets were invented, I guess. Um, thank you, Mike Ginacola and everyone else that's that kind of involved in that. Um, I used magnets with numbers on them on them and the kids each have a number and they would move their magnet on my uh, whiteboard and it's outside too. It's underneath the pavilion. I have a magnetic um, whiteboard and they would move their magnet to where they are. If they're on level one through whatever, four or five. And so you could see where they're at and where they need to go. Um, If you don't have that, um, you could always bring out, like I have a a mobile sort of mobile, I guess, uh, easel that's magnetic. So you can move, you could bring that out to the field or basketball court as well. So those, that's just a great thing to, to use. Um, again, with individual skills, they can just move up on their own at their own pace, which I'm doing a lot of individual stuff. I'm not gonna lie because they can't do a lot of interacting together right now with you know group work or being near each other. So it's gonna be a lot of individual skills, not just fitness. I don't want to just do fitness for 40 minutes. That's that's kind of crazy. So you know, give them a chance to move around, but also you know you can assess. It, it's definitely. Uh, possible. And you can use all sorts of checklists or all sorts of uh, things online to just kind of give a little check as to where they're at. So those are all ways to assess formally. Now, 
the summative assessments and things like that are totally different or authentic. Those are even better, you know, videotaping, things like that. That's, that's a whole nother ball game, but I don't want to get too technical in this episode. This is just your basics for teaching outside to start off the school year. So I hope that helped. You could download this PDF uh, in the episode notes. And sorry, I'm going to ask one more thing. No, I'm going to ask one more thing. I'm going to ask two things. Leave a review. It'll take two seconds, maybe maybe five at the most. Just click the link in the episode notes to leave a review. You can just click the stars. Give me four or five, hopefully, if this brought you any value or any of these episodes brought you value. I would really, really, really appreciate it. Please, please, please leave a review. You guys and girls are awesome for PE Nation. Take care. Keep teaching to the best of your ability, and let's keep pushing our profession forward.